It's like uh, like you like you devastate a city or you cream or you cream a multitude of people. I mean, it's just like like you put all the off, offensive players in one bag, and I just take a baseball bat and beat on the bag. So each time he came over there, I tried to tear his damn head off. Let's play some football. Let's play some football. The pressure is on. This is off the edge on Tide 100.9. Focus on what you want to do, what you want to accomplish. Think about that. Don't think about how you feel, how tired you are, how hot it is. You got to push yourself on the field when you're playing football. It's my honor to present the national championship trophy to Coach Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. To me, this is the ultimate team. All these guys bought into everything they needed to do to be the best players that they could be. There's more togetherness on this team than almost any team that we've ever had. And they had to overcome and persevere so much adversity through this season. And they've done it magnificently. And I'm so proud of this group for what they've been able to accomplish in going undefeated and winning the national championship. Streaming live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and the Tide 100.9 app. Here is your host of Off the Edge, Jacob Harrison. Hello there, good morning, welcome in to Off the Edge, Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Jacob Harrison here with you, Digital Managing Editor of Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa, Mason Woods, Timothy Bowens, and intern John, all back behind the glass helping us out. Joe Gaither's hammering away at the guitar, air guitar and air drums. Joe, did you know that actually Metallica is putting on classes? You can learn how to play musical instruments from the goats themselves. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Details uh, are on the Alt-1017 app, by the way. Sweet. Sweet plug there for you. You'll probably hear that a little bit later on Alt-1017 if you tur- tune over there. You're, you're on the right show. now with, on Alt, I right? Am, I am on a quarter of our markets right now. Jacob, I have Jacob Harrison, it, you know, people say, oh, you can't be two places at once. Well, Jacob Harrison can. Just flip over real quick. Not not not, not long. 1017, then flip right back. You'll hear Jacob Harrison in two places at yeah, one time. Do it, do it during a commercial break, you know. Uh, <laughs> nonetheless, though, we're going to have some fun, uh, and, and not just because I have a, a time machine. 
to, to be able to pull this off like Hermione and, and Harry Potter. Something really, really cool happened at the top of the hour. The Pittsburgh Steelers and safety Minka Fitzpatrick have reached an agreement on a four-year extension worth over $73 million, Mm. 18-some million dollars per year. Mm. This according to Adam Schefter. Once acquired for a first-round pick, Minka Fitzpatrick now cashes in. I'm reading that off Area Mayrov, my sports update. Mm. This makes Minka Fitzpatrick the highest-paid safety in NFL history. He's pretty good, isn't he? Well-deserved. Good Bravo. job, Minka Fitzpatrick. And shame on every single person. That, I know everybody's got these people in their fan base that looks <laughs> at players who don't necessarily put up a lot of production, and they're like, oh, what's he actually giving us? I'm sorry. If your free safety has no stats, it's because he's doing his job. No and one's throwing at him. And when your free safety has a, a, a ton of tackles, and all of them are 10 yards down the down the field, then guess what that means? That means your front seven wasn't doing its job, <laughs> and he was still doing his and saving you from giving up touchdown after touchdown after touchdown because every team in the league towards the end of the season could run the football on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I must have seen Minka Fitzpatrick make like 15 tackles against the Lions in that tie. And <laughs> the couple of times where he didn't make the play because he wasn't there, they were touchdowns. So, no, Minka Fitzpatrick absolutely deserves this. Uh, still hilarious to me that the Miami Dolphins couldn't figure out what to do with this guy. One of the best defensive backs in Alabama Crimson Tide history. No bias just oh, because yeah. he wears black and yellow oh, now. You're right. Without a doubt, one of the best to ever do it. I think he uh, holds the record or at least shares the record for most pick sixes in a career. I think he shares it with Eddie Jackson. I'm not sure. But – at Alabama, the most pick sixes in a career. My favorite against Arkansas from the back of the end zone, 109 yards or so. Yeah, I, that's Ed Reed territory doing that kind of stuff. I mean. He's coming out of the end zone. No, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> go, go, go. Run. You got this. Mika <laughs> is amazing. Uh, but there, there's always those people in the fan base that are like, Ah, he fell off. He wasn't worth the first round pick. We could have gotten a quarterback to sit behind Ben instead. Bump all that, man. Minka is the best in the league at what he does, and he just got paid for it. It it feels good to have the best pass rusher in the NFL and the best free safety in the NFL on your defense. I tell you what, feels incredible. Good for Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, plenty more to get into today as well. One thing that uh, that Joe you brought to my attention right before the show started was something that I missed is the NCAA uh, beginning an enforcement attempt on the NFL. Uh, on the University of Miami concerning their NIL crackdown. I, it, it's interesting to me. You said that this is more of a formal meeting. That's how Ruiz described <laughs> to, 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 to Ross Dellinger. I mean, because remember, and good on the University of Miami, by the way, Miami was one of the schools that Nick Saban pointed out. Yeah. Because they had a basketball player who is basically strong-arming the university into saying, hey, if I don't get more on NIL since I just carried this team to the, the NCAA tournament, I'm out of here. I'm going to hit the transfer portal. And there's there's a lot of different ways you can feel about that. But at the end of the day, Miami kept their mouth shut. They didn't take it personal. Maybe it's because they know. <laughs> Maybe they are doing some things shady and they're just going to leave it alone. 
Uh, or maybe it's because they know that they're doing things the right way and they don't feel the need to get all defensive like Jimbo Fisher did. Here, here's what Ruiz told, told Ross Dellinger, here, just a short, short little quote. I am extremely comfortable with what we are doing. I have nothing to hide. It, meaning the meeting, it went super well. The NCAA is trying to wrap their hands around this sudden change in, of environment. They're trying to figure out how the landscape is working. Well, if that's the case, if Ruiz's uh, quote there is, I, I, there, there's probably ways to interpret that. Sure. I think you could interpret that as, <clears throat> the NCAA is trying to get their grubbing hands on my money. <laughs> They're trying to control the situation. I, maybe the NCAA is just trying to learn. I mean, I, I don't really want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but maybe they are just trying to learn. Maybe they are trying to figure out what is Miami doing for the NCAA? What is Miami doing when it comes to NIL? Jacob, you got a special guest in the studio. You want to introduce What's her? going on? You want to talk on the radio, baby? Coraline, say hi to the people. Hi. Jacob's daughter, visit, take, bring your daughter to work today. Jacob, yeah. Coraline, everything okay? Y'all doing good? All right, we're talking some sports. You, you, do you like sports? Oh, she loves it. <laughs> Jay, what's good, man? You want to talk on the radio too, buddy? Okay. No, I it's all right. So. It's all right. Okay, well, I'll, I'll be able to help you out. Jacob, with that do a little, a little, fa- little okay? fathering in just a minute. It's okay, dude. Take your time. I'll carry this for, for two minutes if you need to. All right, give me just a minute. Go see if I can fix the Nintendo. Absolutely, <laughs> J- 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 uh, Jacob, taking care of business with the kids. Mason still got that topic wheel out, don't you? Okay, all right. When you hit, when you spin that top, no, we don't have it. Uh, it's down for a minute. That's fine. You do have the Deshaun Watson clip I sent you, right? Yes. All right. So this is Deshaun Watson yesterday meeting with the media for the first time, uh, really in a while, and and they asked him a bunch of questions. And one of the questions was about last last week's report on uh, sixty six different massage encounters. They said, "Is this the right number? Uh, what do you think about that, Deshaun? Are they reporting the right number?" Here, here's his response. Timothy Bones hit that bad boy up. Period. Does that number sixty six seem right to you? Um, I mean, I can ask it. I don't think so uh, for what me and my attorneys went through. But at the same time, you know, that's a, that's more of a, a legal question that I can't really get into details about. Um, so you'll probably have to ask my attorneys and things like that to confirm. Mm, Deshaun Watson, I, I know we just took a hard left turn, and we're going to bring back the, to the Miami conversation when Jacob returns from Good Fathering. We support Good Fathers here on Tile 100.9. Go be a dad if your parent, if your kids need you. Absolutely. Uh, Deshaun Watson meeting with the media yesterday, and Boo. yes, me, d- hit it again Boo. and again. Boo. I mean, goodness Boo. gracious! Yesterday's media session. Uh, if you didn't see it, I mean, the th- you know. You're lucky because my eyes are still hurting. My ears are still bleeding from Deshaun Watson's dodging, uh, dodging a lot of questions. And you heard it right there. I don't think so, but you're going to have to ask my attorney. That was pretty much, uh, yeah, exactly. That was pretty much the standard response yesterday. I don't think so, but you're going to have to ask my attorney. This, that, and the other. I'm just happy to be here in Cleveland wanting to play football. You know, Deshaun Watson discussed. Now, here's a question Timothy Bowen got asked, and I think it's an interesting question. Now, Josina Anderson uh, kind of slammed the question a little bit, but he was asked, Deshaun, if this is not true, if these accusations are not true, are you considering countersuing for defamation? And he said, no, I just want to move on. I just want to put all this behind me. And here's my thing. 
And we saw this uh, over the last handful of months play out in the court system. If you guys like court cases, Amber Heard and, and Johnny Depp were all over your social media feeds. Johnny Depp said, I didn't hit that woman. Johnny Depp said, she's making this up. And, and and he sues her for defamation. Now, ultimately, they both ended up winning winning some court case, winning some court money. But Deshaun, if you didn't do this, I'm sorry, I took a, a Jacob. I took a hard left turn to Deshaun Watson. Uh, you can circle us back to Miami if you want. We can but get if, to that later. But, but but if you didn't if you didn't do this, then and 24 women are coming out calling you a sexual assaulter, calling you creepy, calling you weird, like. This seems like a perfect case to to counter sue for defamation. If you're innocent, counter sue for defamation and shut this down. Uh, I think you know for him to say you know we're moving on. I don't. I just want to put this all behind me. I mean, it's not an admission of guilt, but if if somebody's saying if if I've got a stack of people saying that I've done something wrong and I know that I haven't done that thing wrong. I'm coming back after them, especially with the money and the power that Deshaun Watson has. Uh, we watched the the whole press conference after the show was over yesterday, and I was just dumbfounded by all of his answers, all of them, every single answer that he gave. None of it. You have to ask my attorney. Made sense. I understand. I understand the that. I understand that. Right. You, you do have to protect yourself legally, especially when you're the defendant. I get all that. Right. But good lord. You're absolutely right. If you didn't do any of this and you want to prove it all in the court of law, then counter sue. You were talking about Johnny Depp. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, we all just watched that all unfold, right? And both of them got something out of it, right? Like mm-hmm. Depp won, but they both you know got something out of the defamation sides on both sides. If you are so adamant that you didn't do any of this and that you truly don't understand what any of this I've is, never then they the have woman. destroyed your character. You will never be thought of the same. Ask Ben Roethlisberger. He was only convicted of one, and he still gets called Rapelessberger. <laughs> one, and one's too many. Brother, you got 24 and about to be 26, and 66 people named off of the New York Times. Not named, but that, that have come forward. What are you thinking in all of these answers? And talking about, I'm trying, you know, oh, the, the legal drug. I'm trying to be the best citizen I can. Trying to get back out into the community. Shame. Thank you. Shame. <laughs> Walk this man through the street. I hope he didn't. Like, I, I say this every time. Like, I hope he didn't do all of this. I hope that he's really not this kind of monster. But good, there is no, where there is smoke, there is fire. And there is mm. nothing but a huge cloud of smoke over him everywhere he goes. And you can't help but just feel grimy because of every answer that he gave yesterday was very much on the scale of protecting myself legally. I'm moving on. I'm moving forward. Everybody, you know, everybody accepts me. This family at the movies bought me popcorn, even though I have a $230 million guaranteed contract. I, I, somebody should have asked him what movie he saw. Cause that was a lie. Cause that's what went through my head. Can you name a movie right now? <laughs> like, can you really? Because, I mean, unless he said Morbius. Because if he said Morbius, that'd be the funniest thing that happened on the internet. That'd be great. Of course, Deshaun Watson would, would endorse that movie. Uh, but at some point, like, you've got, to, you've got to be kidding me with, with the way that he felt necessary to respond. And on top of that, being, being so, like, nonchalant about it, too. He just looking he's down. Almost, like, he's almost smug about it. Right. Like, I know I'm going to win. 
I got a $230 million guaranteed contract. I can't lose. You know, and, and talking about, you know, when he mentioned something that happened with the Texans, and he's like, that has to do with the previous organization, you know. No, it doesn't. This all has everything to do with you. There, there's nothing that, that cuts any of this off just because you're a Cleveland Brown, dude. And to act like, you know, Cleveland's where he's always wanted to be, and all, you're literally only there because they gave you a bulletproof contract. Yeah. And, and Atlanta and New Orleans, they're lucky. I mean, they, they are breathing a huge sigh of relief, splashing their face with water and thanking everything that they're, that they're even able to exist without this going on. And the Texans are just wiping their hands clean because while they, there's some implications of the New York Times article, they don't really have to deal with any of this anymore. Right. You know, they, they did, honestly, the, the best thing that they could and forcing him not to play last year. He didn't want to play either. He wasn't going to, but, you know, not forcing him to go out there, not not holding him against his will, and just letting him go. Just letting him go. Did they play their leverage and say, no, we're not going to trade Deshaun. No, we're not going to do any of this. Uh, you know, he's under contract to play for us, and yada, yada, yada. Sure, but that doesn't actually... That doesn't actually preserve Deshaun in any way. It doesn't, none of that was to help Deshaun. It was to help them. And you've got to play the leverage game when it comes to the NFL. You've got to get the most value out of it. And the fact that they've got all of these picks and they don't have to deal with the the nuisance that is Deshaun Watson. I mean, not good on them because, I mean, they gave him a, a hotel room. You know, they gave him an NDA, but. It seems like they're trying to cut ties as best they can. I mean, obviously there were some shady things that, that, that they did to cover him up, but it seems like once they realize maybe the scope of, oh, gosh, this is uh, not pretty and this is uh, going to, you know, all this crud's going to blow up in our face. We need to move on from this. I, I, you know, yes, a lot of it is just business decisions. A lot of it's just business, a lot of it's just business decisions, but uh, I think that I, I, I think that they're moving away from him as best they can. That was a very interesting sound. I mean, sounded like it's sounded okay. like we were in the zoo. It, it's, it's it's all good. I, it's all good. Yeah, just a, just a little atmosphere. We're good. We're good. Hey, let's take a break, uh, and when we come back, we'll get more onto the uh, the Miami thing and much more here on Off the Edge Tide one hundred point nine. Your home for Alabama Crimson Tide sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A mixture of clouds and sunshine this afternoon. A few spots could see a strong thunderstorm through tonight. The high today, 97. Tonight's low, 73. For tomorrow, sunny during the morning. A chance of widely scattered showers and storms by afternoon. The high, 96. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 93 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best new analysis in T-Town. Hey, I got a stat for you. Off the Edge with Jacob Harrison continues on Tide 100.9. But I hate that it seems you were never alone. We were broken and bleeding, but never gave up. That's I hate that I made you the enemy. Now I hate that I need 
100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Jacob Harrison, Joe Gaither, Mason Woods, Timothy, and John all hanging out. Having a good time. A little bit of chaos, but it's all good. It's off the edge. It's 11 a.m. until noon. So the, the, the final paragraph of Ross Dellinger's getting back to the Miami deal. Uh, Ross Dellinger's article on Sports Illustrated. The NCAA visit to Miami isn't necessarily a surprise, but does signal that the organization's enforcement staff is seriously pursuing potential violation of its NIL guidelines. <laughs> but that's, that's kind of the thing. Like 115 athletes at the University of Miami splitting up a $7 million NIL payroll off of one guy, right? And, and it's just the one guy. That's all we're really looking at right here is is one guy that's given out $7 million to 115 separate athletes. Wow. If I'm trying to like rack my brain and go back to all the conversations we've had with, with NIL experts on this show and all the conversations that we've had about NIL and knowing full well that that last Monday <laughs> we came on and we were like, I'm so tired of talking about NIL. And I truly am. But I think this is an interesting development because, again, going back to what I was saying, this is either either the NCAA is really investigating, as the, the final paragraph kind of insinuates, or it's like the quote that Ruiz gives at the top of the article where the NCAA is trying to learn what these environments look like when they are successful, when they are abiding by the law. And the real question behind that, of course, is the NCAA has to ju- – here's the thing. Each school – only has to juggle its laws and its state's laws. It doesn't have to go much further beyond that. The NCAA has to juggle the laws of 40-some-odd states where all of these Division One programs are, in, really all 50 states, depend, you know, when you get down to FBS, uh, FCS, Division Two, Division Three, which they, they handle all of those. Again, the NCAA has too much on its plate, hence the reason it being what it is today, non-functional. But investigating into that, I think they're going to have a hard time, honestly, proving any of this. Because look at look at the, the the defense of Jimbo Fisher and how he said, we didn't break any laws, we didn't break any rules. And that's because it's very easy to have a one-on-one conversation with a, with a potential student athlete, a recruit, and say, in that setting, with no one else around, when you sign, this is the NIL deal that you will have. Yeah, technically it's illegal. How in the hell are you actually going to prove that, yeah. right? It's the same as, as the heavy handshakes. It's really, really hard to, to prove that. Now, yeah. if you put your money in a McDonald's bag, it's a little bit easier to, <laughs> to, to do that, right? Good on you, Tennessee. Jeremy Pruitt, what a brilliant idea that was. Go Vols, baby. The Vols are back. But when, Vols are back. Thank you so much, Phil. When, when it comes to that situation, though, and I think that, Maybe that's why Jimbo got so defensive and Miami didn't even say a word when Nick called them all out. When you're in that spot, are you are you really in a position, if you're the NCAA, to, to look and investigate any further than you were able to in the past? No. You're really not. You're really at a, at a space where... Okay, well, all the paperwork is in order, and you kind of have to just move on. And the NCAA, I mean, to, to further this, the NCAA has a history of just picking and choosing who they're investigating, right. when they're going to investigate, what they're and, – and so it's like – And Miami's an arbitrary, easy target. All arbitrary, yes. And and that 
And again, I, I've said this in the past too, like, and it's why the NCAA has such a hard time because to your point, if you're picking and choosing, why'd they go after Ole Miss all those years ago? Yeah, sure, they were they were blatantly cheating. Easy target. But easy target. They've never been that successful before. They drew attention to themselves. You're the easy target. And Miami in the past, going after them. But you know who they never go after? Alabama, Notre Dame, USC. I mean, they made an example out of USC with Reggie Bush. Don't get me wrong. But Ohio State, like, these are programs that, yeah, sure, they get a slap on the wrist every once in a while. Alabama's no, no, no exception to that. Uh, but they tend to leave the big dogs alone in that space. And it's when it's when mid dogs or, or or little dogs come come up to to the playground. And they're like, what what's really going on here? And I wouldn't. I mean, honestly, would not be surprised if Cincinnati's in the middle of something in a couple of years. You know, where it's like, how in the world did y'all actually make the college football playoff? How, how did everybody want to transfer to play for Cincinnati? How, you know, and truth be told, all those transfers really helped the Frank Beavers or the Frank Beavers. Uh, Darian Beavers, the the running back from here, Jerome Ford. Uh, yeah, Jerome Ford. I don't know what I wanted to say. Frank Gore when I was talking about him. I don't know why, uh, but nonetheless, like you know, Frank Gore Jr. is on the uh, is on the payroll for uh, John Ruiz at, re- at Southern Miss. Really? Yeah. I mean, he's not only uh, well, right, supply, yeah. but no, Frank Gore Jr. Is, is on the payroll. You know, my son of a Miami kid, huh? We got to find out. We, we have to find out if Neilan Hibbett is on the payroll as well, because he said, "I want to have every long snapper on, in the country on the payroll." That okay? So that how can you support one school and then because it's just for fun I, for him? But but I mean, like, how is that legal within the rules to be able to have an NIL deal? Because with the, a player at a completely different school, the NIL deal is not with through through the school or with the school. It's with his his company, Cigarette Racing. So your Frank Gore Jr., who's on the payroll, just has to film a commercial or talk about cigarette racing or do social media post for for his company. Like it's basically like a it's basically like if so he doesn't work through the collective. It's, if he does, it, then the collective is you know. It, it, the the collective is more like is more like an agency, you know. Is more like hooking it up. Is more like a third party middle middleman. Right. Uh, so hmm. the, the the money for him is uh, is pretty much irrelevant. But 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 the but the sponsorship deals is is really how is how you make that happen. I wonder if that wouldn't be a way. To... It's like Milo Sweet Tea having an Auburn representative and an Alabama representative. Right. I wonder if maybe that isn't a solution to all of this. Is that you have to fund more than one school, or you have to you have to take clientele from more than one school? I think it'd be cool because oh, at first it's like, wow, okay, well you you only you only signed Frank Gore Jr. because his dad played in Miami, right? Right. I, I, obviously, otherwise, why are you signing a Southern Miss kid? Right. right. But uh, and and I get the long snapper thing, but I feel like. Of course, like nobody would really necessarily abide by that, but if if that was really a guideline to this, you might you might pluck out local businesses a little bit, but you could could you put a cap on folks that only want to give to one school and nationally, you know, or or anybody that's got the funds to give to to school to more than one school? I mean, because honestly, like. If Ruiz gave to every school in the Miami area, 
you know, FIU. He's got a couple of FIU players, right? But uh, FIU, Miami, any other school that is down there, uh, you know, where AJ Spurs is going to law school. I don't know the name of the school, but I mean, like, if if there's athletes there, like, if you're giving to an entire region, then I feel like maybe you're playing the most fair game possible. Yeah. in that space, rather than just only paying for the Texas's offensive line, <laughs> you know, like, and and. and like I don't have a problem with Texas paying all of its offensive line like the same flat fee, and then you get more, you know, based off of that, and and it all coming for what you know. I say Texas paying its player, it's not Texas paying the players. It's the one company that that signed for that specific thing, but it's. I feel like you've actually evened the playing field just a tad bit more. I, you know, we finished the show yesterday talking with Leon about about parity. I mean, there's ways for what Leon was talking about. You know everybody being on a level playing field and the amount of effort that you put in on the, on the back end moving towards the front end, you know, I want to see that effort matter on the field rather than all be supported on the back end. But if you're trying to find ways to make this evolve and if a dude is given to multiple schools, multiple athletes at different schools, rather then he's probably playing by the rules to be honest. Or at least as close to to, to the most uh, admirable way to, to do this in general. That's a lot to, to kind of think of uh, right there. I don't know. It's interesting. We got another topic for the uh, from from the wheel. Hmm. Did you shut down the wheel, Mason, or you still have it? I'm gonna, you know, Gary Harris hour three here with with Joe Gaither and the wheel. <laughs> oh, there it is. There it is. Breaking it back out. Love it. We love it. We love it. Um, Did you? Okay. You'll like this one. You'll like this one. Bruce Smith is mad at, at Tony Baselli. Did you see this? No. Okay. Bruce Smith going to his social media today, basically, uh, doing a diatribe about Tony Baselli. Now, Bruce Smith is a Hall of Famer. Tony Baselli, not a Hall of Famer, but wants to be, and is a pretty you know, consider, considerable. We're talking about Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills, Bruce Smith, Bruce Smith. Okay. Tony Baselli, original number one overall draft pick for the Jaguars, correct? Wasn't he the first pick for the Jaguars ever? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, uh, Tony Baselli trying to get into the Hall of Fame, and Bruce Smith is not happy with him. Well, let's get your reaction to this post right here. And it's kind of long. All right, Bruce Smith. A large part of the campaign to promote Tony Baselli into the Hall of Fame seems to be hyper focused on a single successful performance he had against me in a 1996 playoff game. (laughs) On one hand, I'm quite flattered to be considered the gold standard by which another player's game can be measured to determine his qualification into the Hall of Fame. But on a more serious level, I and other Hall of Famers believe it sets a horrible precedent to negatively zero in on a standing member of the Hall's play in order to validate the candidacy of a nominee. The Hall of Fame is an exclusive fraternity that follows a tactic, uh, a, a, a tactic code of conduct, a tacit, tacit code of conduct, with which fosters respect and brotherhood between its members. Given the opportunity, any Hall of Famer could use his credentials to boast about his dominance over another member. But such behavior is deemed inappropriate because of the friction and discord it could create within the group. Maintaining harmony and goodwill in the Hall of Fame is paramount, and it is precisely why player campaigns have historically been presented respectfully and thoughtfully, allowing the candidate's stats and complete body of work to speak resoundingly for itself. 
resorting to underhand tactics like targeting a Hall of Famer and hyping up a one-game matchup to bolster a nominee's merit, as some of Tony's supporters have done, undermines the integrity of the Hall's election process. It also invites other unnecessary commentary and scrutiny around that candidate's worthiness of becoming a member of the Hall of Fame. Since Tony's advocates have slid headlong down this slippery slope and and dragged me unwillingly along, I have a few thoughts to share just now <laughs> he's just right, now getting right. to the thoughts Look, here's the thoughts <laughs> tony was a formidable opponent during his brief career but i find it difficult to compare the totality of his body of work with those of the nfl's greatest left tackles mm. with the exception of the legendary anthony munoz jonathan ogden willie willie roof ralph and walter jones all protected the blind side of quarterbacks for 12 seasons or more. He didn't even mention Orlando Pace. In, Jackson, in Jacksonville, Leon Searcy bore the arduous task of protecting Mark Burnell's blind side, while Tony benefited from protecting the extremely talented and mobile left-handed quarterback. During my 19 years in the NFL, several outstanding left tackles, such as Bruce Armstrong, Richmond Webb, and Will Wilford, all had stellar games against me. Perhaps they, too, would be wise to build Hall of Fame campaigns highlighting that fact. Signed, Bruce Smith, Hall of Fame class of 2009, NFL 100 team, (laughs) all-time sack leader. The only man with 200 sacks in NFL history, Bruce Smith. Um, Hall of Fame B. I mean, first of all, Jimbo Fisher, are you taking notes? This is how you clap back at somebody. (laughs) Good grief. Um. I disagree wholeheartedly with Bruce Smith, actually, because uh, Tony Baselli belongs in the Hall of Fame. And to, you know, it's just as bad, though, as, as Tony's supporters coming after one game against Bruce Smith and using that as his leading leading criteria, leading example of why he should be in the Hall of Fame What's just as bad is criticizing a left tackle for playing with a left-handed quarterback. <laughs> what the eight, hell? Eight-year career, seven with the Jags and one year with the Texans. I I don't I don't at all agree with with criticizing a left tackle for playing with with a left-handed quarterback because the fact of the matter is is that defenses have evolved. Okay, and if you're going to criticize a left tackle for playing with a right-handed quarterback, or excuse me, a a left-handed quarterback, then let me please ask you what side you rushed on. Did you rush on the right side? The the defense's left side? Did you go against the right tackle every week? Were you trying to take it easy on yourself? Because guess what? TJ Watt goes against the right tackle every single week, almost every single down. And we are not going to call him not an elite pass rusher. Miles Garrett does the same thing. You name every elite pass rusher in the NFL not named Aaron Donald because he's one of the five best players ever. Name any single one of them. They all go against right tackles. So are we going to say that every elite pass rusher in the NFL today is not worthy of being in the Hall of Fame because unlike Deacon Jones, they only rush from one side? Come on. I can't agree with that. Bruce oh, Baselli's in the in the Hall of Fame. He, he, he's in the 2022 class of Hall, uh, Hall of Fame. I class. thought that was the case. Yes, yes, yes. I knew there was a, it was a big kind of debate for a while, but uh, he's in the he's in the Hall of Fame. Okay, so then that brings me to a further problem because I thought that was the case. If Tony's in the Hall, then shut your damn mouth. 
Yeah, I said that about Bruce Smith. A guy is never going to hear this, but shut your mouth. Like, he's in the hall. It's a fraternity. Then leave it alone. Like, he's not in the hall just because he had one good game against you. This all feels very just petty. It does. You know why he's in the Hall of Fame, Mason? Why Tony Baselli's in the Hall of Fame? Because he was so popular in Jacksonville that McDonald's started offering the Baselli burger. That's why. The only reason that he's Hall of Fame worthy. He's arguably the most popular and best player in Jaguars history. Three-time three for All-Pro, first-team All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, uh, All-Rookie team in 1995, NFL 1990s All-Decade team, in the pride of the Jaguars, ring, I guess kind of like the ring of honor. Uh, yeah, I mean, whew, you, 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 the best, the first overall draft pick of the franchise. Uh, pretty, 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 uh, pretty stellar resume I mean, there. It's a resume that, honestly, outside of the length of his career, Stands up to Jonathan Ogden's. Now, he's not as good as Jonathan Ogden, don't get me wrong, but Ogden was also the first pick for the Baltimore Ravens and had pretty much the same kind of success and was just as, just as popular with the Ravens. Now, listen, there, here's the thing about the Hall of Fame. You can't just put the, the guy that was top five at his position all time because otherwise nobody would ever be able to get in the Hall of Fame because... To compare Tony Baselli to Jonathan Ogden and Willie Rofe and a guy that he didn't name, Orlando Pace, or arguably the best left tackle of all time, uh, Anthony Munoz. To compare Tony Baselli to them would not do Tony justice whatsoever. Because if they are the standard, nobody else at the position can ever get in. Because honestly... Who else is really going to be that good? And who else is going up against those kind of pass rushers? I just pointed out to you all the elite pass rushers rush rush off the right side because those tackles tend to be a tad bit worse. And quarterbacks are usually right-handed. We have 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. One is left-handed, and he just so happens to be one of the best quarterbacks in Alabama history. It's not the first time that's happened either. (laughs) But it's... It's bizarre to me. Like, if it's a fraternity, back off your frat, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know, I know, Jacob. You're a big proponent of the, you know, the the notion of like, can you tell a story of football without mentioning this guy? Exactly. And it, you know, as someone who does not know a lot about Tony Baselli, it sure as hell sounds like this is someone that you cannot tell a story of football without mentioning his name. No, and and see, that's oh. is Andre Johnson a top ten wide receiver all time? Mm. No, he's not. Can you tell the story of the NFL without Andre Johnson? I don't think he can. I still think about that fight with Cortland Finnegan nearly every day. <laughs> I mean, but not just with that. I mean, the fact that he was the first elite player to play for the Houston Texans. Am I saying that Andre Johnson should go in first ballot? No. Should he get in before he's like 65 years old? Probably not. But you still can't tell the story of the NFL without him, right? You can't try to live every single Hall of Famer up to the standard of the Hall of Fame because you're ne- you're 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 never going to be able to put people in, and the fa- the fact of the matter is is that certain positions evolve differently. Quarterbacks are better now than they've ever been. You can take a mid mid quarterback in today's game, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, put take Kirk Cousins. Let him play in the seventies. He'd be a, uh, an all star. He'd dominate. He'd be a, he'd probably be a Hall of Famer. I mean, it, he's extremely mid. Don't get me wrong. We, we were talking about the other the other day the fact that how frustrating it is that he plays with with Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, two of the best receivers in the league today, 
and he can't win games. And our guy, Irv Smith. Yeah, Irv Smith, Dalvin Cook, great offensive line. Can't win. Don't get it. He beats all the bad teams, though. That, the Kirk, does. Kirk Cousins does a great job beating teams that are not good. Yeah. But, uh, like, but throw him in the 70s. Let him play in those offenses. He's probably a Hall of Famer. Put Terry Bradshaw in today's game. Terry's going to die. Terry couldn't play in today's game. And you could throw any number of names out there. There's very few that that are like Sammy Baugh, right, or Wyatt Tittle, or Franz Harkinson that could honestly span the generations and be able to play regardless of era. Archie Manning is very similar. But again, throw Peyton Manning out there today. Not, not saying that he can't be successful, but remember that rookie Peyton Manning threw 27 interceptions. He wouldn't have made it to year two. He would have already been cut. I mean, not cut, but I mean, he'd have been replaced. Josh Josh Rosen was replaced for less. Yeah. Positions evolve differently, and that doesn't that doesn't change with with left tackles. We've talked about it a lot, especially you know in relation to the Alabama Crimson Tide and how much trouble they're having in building consistent offensive lines. Even though two years ago we had one of the best of all time here, but left tackles, right tackles. Offensive linemen in general are not as good as they used to be. They're not. They're having a much harder time getting to that level. You ever play? You ever turned on Madden? Like the ratings aren't always perfect, but there's like six or seven offensive linemen. Period. Like that have ninety plus overalls. It and it's indicative of the fact that these linemen are not as good as they used to be. So when you... That's a problem with watching the USFL right now. I mean, exactly. Uh, I want to watch problem with XFL and yes, AAF too. Not enough offensive linemen, not enough quarterbacks to make the game look appealing to, to uh, on, t- on television. But you know what there are a lot of? Edge rushers. Because all you need is... You just need to be a freak athlete and, and to be coachable. Because these moves... They work. If you have a wide arsenal of pass rushing moves, whether you're a power guy or a speed guy, unless you're like Von Miller and just have the most ridiculous bend of all time, like nobody can even match it, then you're going to be solid. And if you're able to, if you're an interior guy and you put in the same kind of work on the mental game as, as well as the physical game to be like an Aaron Donald, you can do that. It is so much more of a disadvantage on the offensive side because you're moving backwards and you can't hold and miscommunication happens, everything else under the sun. So to criticize Tony Baselli for not being better than Anthony Munoz, who was in the league at the same time as him, I believe, for not being as good as Willie Rowe for Orlando Pace, fine, I get it. But that doesn't deter the fact that he was one of the best of his generation and just the fact that he was a blindside blocker for a left-handed or, or excuse me, was the front side blocker for a left-handed quarterback. Hey, Bruce, are we not putting any right tackles in none? No right tackles get to go in. He wants to talk about slippery slope arguments. I don't, he had a good cutback. I'm not going to lie. He orchestrated an argument, provided examples and, and spoke with, with excellent, excellent, uh, impunity is the, is the word that, that wants to come to it, like, deadly accuracy. He knew what he wanted to get across. Fact is, though, and I like Bruce Smith, who wouldn't 200 sacks in a career? Are you Off kidding the me? Edge. You, come on. 
but he's wrong. He's dead wrong. And I don't even like Tony. Like, I'm not like a Jaguar sympathizer. You know, it just, it kind of is what it is. We'll take a break, though. We'll come back and uh, close down the show here in just a little bit. Off the edge, Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Tide 100.9 presents Movies in the Park. It all happens at Government Plaza on Saturday nights for free. This is a family-friendly free event. So be sure to bring your lawn chairs, blankets, and coolers, but no alcohol. Food trucks will be on site. All brought to you by Pepsi, Tuscaloosa Tourism and Sports, and First Baptist Church of Tuscaloosa. This Saturday, June 18th, featuring the movie The Wizard of Oz. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? I'm not a witch at all. Witches are old and ugly. For more details and full movie lineup, swipe open the free Tuscaloosa Thread app. The Chamber of Commerce of West Alabama will host the annual Celebrate Local event at the Tuscaloosa River Market Tuesday, June 21st from 11 a.m. till 7 p.m. The event is free and open to the public, featuring dozens of retailers and vendors from across West Alabama. Celebrate Local showcases a wide range of products and services. Attendees can shop for a variety of items, including clothing, jewelry, home decor, art, gifts, and more. Several restaurants will also be on hand to offer samples of their most popular entrees. Presented by Tuscaloosa tourism and sports celebrate local is a great way to learn more about what our local community has to offer as it encourages people to think local first for more info visit westalabamachamber.com you're listening to off the edge on tide 100.9 Drive. Get in the ring. Oh, it's the one you played last time. It's a Montemarth. Golly. Now, now I hear it. Yeah. Shame. Shame. Back here on Off the Edge, Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. I'm Jacob Harrison. That's Joe Gaither. We got three interns in there now. Uh, Hardy has shown up. We got Timbo as well and John and Mason Woods pushing all the buttons as well. Final thing we're going to talk about, possibly, is is Northern Illinois. The Huskies. Can we go play on their field? Aren't, don't they have the red field? No, that's, uh, that's it's East, Eastern Washington. That's Eastern Washington. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The alma mater of one Cooper Cup. Nice. Uh and UT Martin, don't UT leave Martin. out the Sky Heart. You know why the UT Martin deal was done? Uh, the, is there a Yabi Anoma joke here? No, there's a you know. Thank you for Ty Simpson. That's that's it, head coach of UT Martin is Ty Simpson's daddy. Oh really? Yeah. Isn't it? Correct me, but I'm pretty sure. Yes, uh, Ty Simpson's daddy, head coach at UT Martin. Uh, we're, we're they're they're on the schedule for what 2028, I guess. <laughs> he said we'll play you, but make sure my son isn't on the field beating our tail. I mean, yeah, well, his son's got more to do whether or not he's still on the team at that point or not. 2028, he'll be in the NFL. Oh, 2028? Yeah. I thought it was 2025. Uh, well, what, okay. Eastern Illinois, 2025. 
three years look. later, UT Martin, okay. September 16, 2028. Yeah, that's all well and good. And, if, I mean, Ty Simpson's daddy's going to have to still be the coach from you know that far away, too. Yes, sir. But didn't just last week we talk about scheduling? This is nauseating. I don't care that UT Martin needs money. I don't care that Northern Illinois needs money. They are not our problem. And beating them by 60 is not the joyless murder ball that we want. Ask any Bammer. Ask any Gump. Ask anyone. The joyless murder ball we want is against other SEC programs and other elite Power 5 programs that think they're on our level. It's going to be next coach complaining about the crowd that day, not Nick Saban. In 2028? Yeah. You, you don't think Nick's going to be here in six years? I mean, I hope he is. He'll only be uh, 76, right? Hey, 77? I, yeah, I me mean, just throwing it out, just standing on a, on a ledge. I hope he is. I think I hope great. he's here till he's 100. <laughs> 30 more years of dominance. Let's go. Let's do it. 50-year dom- uh, dynasty? Unprecedented. You couldn't even do that in NCAA 14 if you wanted to, Mason. Your Army Black Knights would fall off the cliff before you know it. Hey, you know, we won three titles in a row. (laughs) That's all the time we got for today. The Jay Barker Show is coming up next. For Joe Gaither, Mason Woods, Timbo, Hardy, and John, I'm Jacob Harrison. Y'all take it easy. Have a fantastic Wednesday, everybody. Roll Tide. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A mixture of clouds and sunshine this afternoon. A few spots could see a strong thunderstorm through tonight. The high today, 97. Tonight's low, 73. Or tomorrow, sunny during the morning. A chance of widely scattered showers and storms by afternoon. The high, 96. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 93 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Thank you for listening to...